Hello there, everyone. We're here live on location in Georgetown, Guyana, and I'm on this uh, interview with Doug uh, Dement from OneBag.com. He has an incredible website where he teaches you how to pack light. And you know, as travelers, as digital nomads, that's one of our struggles. What do we leave? What do we bring? How do we pack? Etc. So we're going to be asking Doug all about uh, um, uh, packing light. Uh, that's one of his areas of expertise. He's one of the uh, leaders in packing light. Uh, make sure you check out his website, onebag.com. Uh, so, Doug, uh, maybe you can quickly give us a backstory about yourself and um, your travels to start off with. Go ahead, Doug. Sure. Well, my background is technology. I have a PhD in computer science, and I've pretty much always worked for technology firms. I was a computer science professor at the University of Waterloo in Canada for several years. So that's always what I've done to earn my living. And as a consequence of that, I traveled a lot. So back in, uh, back in 1996, over 20 years ago, um, when, uh, when the internet was becoming known to the outside world, I'd been on it since, I don't know, the 60s sometime, I guess. But uh, uh, websites were becoming the thing. And at that time, I built a website. So I thought uh, I needed to build a website. And I didn't want to build one of these, uh, hi, this is me, look at all my children and all the food that I eat kind of websites. So I decided to pick something that people often ask me about, which is how do you travel so lightly? Because I would show up at, you know, in India for a two-week business trip carrying a small carry-on bag. And that included, you know, laptop and all that kind of stuff. Um, and people wondered how <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, here's something I can I can talk about that I know well. Uh, having a high tech engineering technology kind of background, I always overanalyze everything I do in my life, and traveling is one of them. So, um, so yeah, I just it just kind of grew. It started as a site recommending some bags, but it over the years has grown into this huge, you know, huge site with it gets it gets like three to four thousand visitors every day which, you know, continues to amaze me. Um, you'd think that at this point, everybody who ever traveled would have read it by now, but apparently not. So, There's definitely always people discovering uh, it, right, every day. Sure, sure, sure. There are always new travelers and, and, and people looking for new ideas about, about how to travel more efficiently, more effectively. Uh, it's a non-commercial site. I don't sell anything. I don't have a book or a product or anything. So... So it's one of the reasons that makes the site attractive. They know that my opinions are my opinions and they're not affected by some commercial background thing going on that, 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 you know, that, that distorts my agenda. So, uh, so I don't have an agenda except to teach people how to do a better job of travel. Awesome, so tell us about uh, the site. I mean, what are the different categories uh, regarding uh, packing light? So if you can break it down, uh, into the different categories. Well, as you can imagine, uh, from a site that's that's grown for twenty years, it's a big site and it covers a lot of territory. Um, uh, I divide the site into half a dozen sort of categories. Uh, one is a sort of introductory area that talks about what, why do you want to do this? What's what's the big deal about traveling light anyway? Some of the reasons are obvious, I think, to pretty much everybody, but a lot of them aren't so obvious. And so I, I talk about that. Um, I talk about uh, about what sort of things to pack, what kind of things to bring with you. 
um, and I focus on on the difficult areas like clothing and stuff and um, I talk about what to pack it in so I talk about bags different kinds of bags for different kinds of travel um, and and I do I do recommend a few bags but but it's more the recommendations are more along the lines of here are so far the best bags I have fought I have found that meet my criteria but the site is more about teaching you how to do it yourself because there are bags being produced every day and, and I can't I have no mechanism to review all those bags and test them uh, and so and I don't think that's so great anyway because I think when you start recommending stuff to people you get into this well why is he recommending that bag does he get like a commission on the sales or something so really the site is devoted more to teaching you how to recognize a good bag yourself and what are the criteria what are the things that you should look for so then I I talk about um, uh, how to pack things so that's the big deal there is learning how to pack clothing so that you don't mess it up but I also talk about other other tricks for packing um, to Convenient. Um, what else? Oh, uh, I include my packing list. Now, I firmly believe that the key single element of learning how to pack well is developing a personal packing list. And by that, I mean a personal packing list, not a not one of these lists that you get on the internet, which are which are basically shopping lists. Um, so, a lot of my site is about how do you develop your own packing list that will work for you effectively. And as an example of that, I give my list, not as a, as a, you know, uh, as a prescription of this is how you should do it, but this is how I do it. This is what a list that works for one person looks like, and uh, and may and it might be a good starting point for you, the end point for you, unless you're my clone that I haven't recognized yet. And then I talk about um, various resources about where to find certain kinds of things and, and stuff like that. So it's all, it's all pretty well organized, I think. People often compliment me on how easy it is to find what they're looking for when they come back for a second visit. So uh, I assume I've done a reasonable job there. Uh, so you uh, mentioned bag is the first consider, and you don't want to uh, necessarily pick a specific bag. Maybe you could talk about the type of bags. So obviously you have suitcases, you have backpacks, you have carry-ons, you have duffel bags. Uh, so how do you firstly choose the type of bag uh, to take with you on your travels? Sure. Well, um, where to start? Um, first of all, it depends on the travel. It depends on the kind of traveling that you're doing. Um, so uh, the kind of bag that you would take on a business trip, for example, um, is almost certainly a different bag than the kind of bag that you would be taking if you were going on a round-the-world voyage uh, uh, for personal pleasure and stuff. Um, so I largely I largely group bags into three categories. I say there are business bags, there are leisure bags, and there are uh, sort of dual-purpose bags, you know, which, which, which aren't as good as either of the first two, but if you can only own one bag and you plan on using it for both business and personal travel, it's kind of a, a compromise solution. But and leisure travel bags. And so I think there are basically three 
three main elements that you look for in a bag. You look for quality, because if you're going to be doing much traveling, your bag is going to take a huge beating, and you and you don't want it to be failing on you somewhere in the middle of the trip where it, where it would be very hard to replace. So you look for quality, also because quality is good anyways. Um, you look for capacity. This is where a lot of people fall down. They don't think about it. They look at the ad and it's got all these cool doodads and these extra features. And especially these days, it, it's hard to go to one of these GoFundMe sites without finding some entrepreneurial character who's going to produce the perfect travel bag. And they're almost always awful. Awful. And, and it's because they're trying to put all these features into the bag. You don't want features in a bag. A bag does one thing. It carries stuff. And so the more stuff it can carry in a given amount of volume, then the better that bag is going to be. So that's a big deal is what is the capacity of the bag. Um, you mentioned different kinds of bags earlier. All of, The only bag I ever take on a trip is carry-on. I've been traveling for uh, 50 years now for business and, and, and leisure. And, um, and, and I don't remember what I did for the first three years of my life, but... Um, but ever since then, I have never checked a bag. I do not check bags. I only have a carry-on bag. That's the only way to travel, I think. And, and so, so the other issue is portability. So you have to think about, um, you know, especially if you're carrying one bag and your whole world is in that one bag, uh, uh, and you're going and, and to be carrying it, you want to think about how you're going to carry it. Uh, so what is the vehicle by which you will move that bag through airports and, and you know, into taxis and to your hotels and whatever it is that, that you're doing? So I'm one of the things you'll find when you go to my site is I'm very against rolling bags because they're incredibly inefficient design. Um, uh, they sacrifice capacity and weight uh, for a convenience that you don't need if you're packing lightly. If you're packing lightly, you can, you can live forever. Um, out of a bag, I, and I mean forever, I mean this is not a two-week trip, this is a two-year trip. You can go out into the world for two years with a bag that weighs, including the bag, no more than about 10 kilograms. And you don't need wheels for that unless you're very old or infirm in some way. Um, and if you get wheels, that's going to add another five or six, you know, pounds to what you have to move around with you so why would you do that so so all of the bags that i recommend are not wheeled bags um uh, and they generally weigh less than about three pounds about, uh about uh, one and a half kilograms um uh so that so that's kind of a start you know and then we go on from there you know, how do you get volume in a bag what constitutes quality in a bag how do you determine if a bag is high quality without buying it and going out into the world and testing it um you know what are the different ways bags are carried and what are the trade-offs among all those different ways you know there's shoulder straps there's backpacks there's handles there's whatever so so there's, there's lots to talk about, which is, again, another clue as to why my site is so large and has so much stuff on it, because there's a lot to talk about if you want to do it seriously. Absolutely. And, you know, thanks for uh, summarizing it so well. Uh, based on quality, firstly, uh, you know, the, the, you, you must have a quality bag. Then you must have uh, the capacity, how big is the bag or how small. Uh, and then finally, portability. Uh, uh, you need to be able to carry it up and down stairs or uh, put it into taxis or uh, get it onto trains and buses and planes. So uh, I love those three factors. So um, 
now that you pick a bag, uh, and obviously there's a lot more to uh, uh, to break down there. When you pick a bag, uh, the next is what do you put in it? Uh, because obviously you have the essentials such as your clothes, your toiletries, uh, your electronics. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you take, what you leave behind, and then the gray gray zone. Okay. Well. Um so that's the key. The, 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 and in fact, that's the first question. The second question should be, what kind of bag do I need? The first question is, what am I going to take with me on my trip? And again, I'm thinking of, and I'm addressing on onebag.com, I'm thinking of all different kinds of treks, trips. So I'm thinking of commercial travel. So, a, you know, a professional is going out into the world to, you know, give a lecture or talk to a customer or try to sell something or whatever it is that they do. So there's that kind of there's that kind of travel. There's there's totally leisure travel where you're like taking a backpack around the world for two years or something like that. Um, there's and then there's all kinds of things in between. So um, that the key to effective travel for a lot of reasons, not all of which we're going to have enough time to go into here. Um, but uh, the key to it is to build a packing list. And the kind of packing list that I'm talking about is very, very different from the kind of packing lists that you will find if you type packing list into, the, into Google. They will, give, they will give you all these you know, suggested packing lists that people have for all different kinds of things. And they're all very generic. And, and that's their problem. They're not your list. They're not what you need to travel. They're what some imaginary person that you've never met and never will meet needs to travel. So you need to develop a list for yourself. A list is not a list of stuff to take so much, although it is that, but that's not the way to think about it. The way to think about it is it's a blueprint for how you're going to do your travel. So the main the big difference between what i propose and what you'll mostly see on the internet is that i propose you have one packing list not a packing list for the beach and a packing list for a trip to guyana and another packing list for a business trip to puerto rico no no you have one packing list and what that list is it's a list of the maximum amount of stuff the worst case that you would ever have to bring with you. And by worst case, I mean, on this trip, you will be going to, you know, uh, Moscow in the middle of winter, where it will be uh, 20 below zero Fahrenheit. Um, and, and on the same trip, the next week, you will be going to uh, New Delhi, where it's 125 degrees in the shade. And this is a business trip, so you need to have business clothing, you need to have your laptop or whatever it is that you need to bring. Um, so you need a list that encompasses all of that. Now you will rarely do that, although I have done a trip exactly like the one I just described to you, but, but it's uncommon. <laughs> so does that mean you change your list? No, you just don't bring everything that's on the list. The list is the list and the list over time changes a little as you become more experienced. might change a little bit, but it doesn't change much. You're just twist. Once you've built the list for you, it should stay pretty 
pretty much fixed for the rest of your life. And again, it's a blueprint. So for a particular trip, you run through the list, you say, I need this, I need this, I don't need this, I'm going to India, I don't need a parka. So you skip that item, you just don't pack it. But the list is always the worst case list. And the list gives you, you know, the first thing you learn as an engineer, scientist, or whatever, if you can't measure something, you have no way of controlling it. So people who talk, you know, about, oh, I'm a, I travel lightly, you know, and they just kind of wing it. They're not doing anywhere near as good a job as they could be doing. If they had a way of measuring how they travel, of knowing what the weight is that they're going to be lugging around the world with them, and then over time, in order, and with experience, they tweak that and do a better job of it, then, then they'll get to be really good at it. And there are any number of little tricks. I mean, you said give some examples. So I'll give you a couple of examples, but this is only two. There are literally dozens and dozens and dozens of areas that you can look at. But here are two that often make a big difference. Um, we're talking, first of all, about traveling lightly. And the key word there is lightly, and it mean, that means less weight. So, and that's the single most important thing. It's not the only thing, but it's a good first cut. If your first thought is, how much is this thing I'm considering buying? How much does it weigh? That yeah. may have an effect on whether or not you buy it. <laughs> okay, so, so let me give you an example of, of where that's really important. Toiletries. It's this, I often get interviewed. I often get, it's often a much shorter interview than this. And so some TV person will say to me, so Dr. Diamond, um, uh, if you could only give one piece of advice to our listeners or readers or whatever, what would you tell them? I would, I would tell them, look at the toiletries you're carrying you're probably doing a horrible job because toiletries are mostly water. And water is just about the heaviest and bulkiest thing that you could possibly be carrying around with you on a trip. So think about toiletries in, in this example I'm using. Think about how can we get rid of water? And in fact, you can get rid of almost all of it. There are very few toiletries that you can't get in solid form. You can get solid shampoos and conditioner, block, and insect repellent, and mascara, and, and foundation cleansers, and exfoliants, and perfumes, and bronzers, and facial masks, all of that stuff you can get in solid form. And the solid form weighs, weighs a tiny fraction of, and takes up much, much less space than the little bottle you have, which is mostly water. So there's an example of how you can probably, especially for women who use a lot of cosmetics, men have different areas that they have difficulties in, but with women, the, the usual two complaints are shoes and cosmetics. And cosmetics, you can, you can truly solve the cosmetic problem just by carefully thinking about what is it that I have to take and what is the smallest, lightest version of that I can find, realizing that there are really small, light versions. So another area is clothing. Clothing is often a challenge, both for women and for men, because you want to be out there traveling. You don't want to be wearing the same thing every day. Now, it's true that if you're traveling around the world, you're going to be wearing the same clothing a lot. But still, 
both for personal reasons, just because it feels better to have something like fresh and new on, and also because if you have traveling companions and if you're staying someplace for a week, you don't want to look exactly the same every day. So how can you do that without carrying 30 pounds of clothing? And the answers are, they're mixed. Um, one big answer is think about a color palette. Think about uh, colors that will you, you will use in the clothes that you buy to go traveling in. For me, it's blues and grays. So everything, everything I travel with now at home, actually I'm wearing kind of bluish stuff right now, but uh, at home I'm much more likely to dress in, in you know, more colorful garb. But when I'm on the road, everything I own is some shade of blue or gray. And that means that every single item of clothing in my bag, every other item of clothing in my bag and so I can mix and match and things so this is an area where women in fact have a huge advantage over men because men are largely constrained to what we can wear especially in a business environment uh, the old suit and tie and, and trousers kind of thing whereas women have a lot more freedom in, in, in that sort of thing a woman can take a scarf and use that website that lists something like 50 different ways to tie a scarf so and, and they all look different so with that one very small clothing item they can generate 50 different looks for themselves and men can do that to a degree just not to the degree that women can so so those are a couple of examples in clothing and and uh, and in, and in cosmetics and toiletries and things that you can save huge amounts of weights just by thinking about it all up front because the last time you want to be uh, thinking about what to pack for a trip is the night before the trip that's the worst possible time because that's when your head is going well wh what if i need what if this happens or what if well, i might need this or what if i get invited for dinner with the queen or just all kinds of insane things that that terrified people and that's why they pack that's why people overpack is because they're afraid of being out there and and you know not having something that they need so plan in advance some great tips uh, you know about toiletries about color uh, color matching all your clothes uh, I wear a lot of blues and grays too actually uh, not purposely it just happened that way um, tell us about uh, some of the categories uh, when you're packing so you mentioned toiletries you mentioned clothes shoes, uh, mascara, um, uh, you didn't really talk about the tech side of thing. Are there any other major categories? And also, uh, if you want, want to cover tech a little bit more, too. I, um, um, I break up my packing list into categories, but it's, but you know, to be honest, I mostly do that for purposes of, of, uh, of organization. I don't think, when I developed my packing list, I didn't think about it so much that way. I just made a list of all the stuff I wanted to take with me. Um, uh, but certainly if you go to my website, you'll find all these categories of, you know, health items and clothing items and um, uh, maintenance repair tool kinds of items, uh, technical stuff, paperwork. I can't even think of them all because I don't, I don't think that way. I don't. I don't. I don't think of it as as categories. I just. I just organize it that way on the website because it makes it easier for people to find stuff rather than just you know working through a big, a big long page of stuff. Um, it's hard to talk about tech because it depends a lot on the person. Some people don't need tech at all. Some people need a lot of tech. Most people need much less tech than they carry around with them so i mean it's certainly worthwhile to think about 
what it's supposed to do. Although of my business career, uh, it, traveling for business meant carrying a laptop um, and associated cables and whatever. Um, you can certainly do a lot better than that now. Mostly when I travel now, I, I travel with an iPad mini um, with, a, with a little little micro keyboard that connects to it and, and also serves as a case for the mini. And, uh, and I find I can do almost everything with that. Now, it won't run all the applications that I run on my home computer, but you know that's a small price I paid for wanting to be able to wander around the world without lugging a lot of heavy stuff with me. And of course, smartphones these days are, you know, they have like a million things built into them. So they're, they're a pretty effective way of carrying stuff. People used to worry a lot about camera equipment. And uh, people tend not to worry about that much anymore because most everybody has a, has a, a smartphone that has a camera built into it that's better than any camera that was, you know, about five or ten years ago so so um so that's pretty much all I, I do there I mean there are issues when you travel you have to worry about you have to worry about if, if if the devices that you're carrying need to be plugged in then you need to worry about how you're going to plug them in because the electrical supplies differ quite dramatically around the world in terms of voltage in terms of current and especially in terms of plugs so you need to you need to sort that out before you go Some great tips, and uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, uh, I, I interview, obviously, a lot of digital nomads, and everyone's different. Uh, uh, some yep. people love a lot of tech. Uh, some people love carrying the drones, uh, the multiple devices, a laptop, uh, tablet, uh, you know, smartphone, etc. So uh, it's very different based on the needs of, obviously, the individual. Um, you know, you talked about gender differences. Uh, I'd love to hear more about the number of travelers. So. It's very different if you're a solo traveler, uh, like a backpacker or a business traveler who travels alone, as opposed to like a couple, uh, husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend who are traveling, and someone like myself who is uh, um, traveling with three kids. So tell us a little bit about uh, the differences between a solo traveler, a couple traveler, couple, and also family travel. young children is uh, pretty much uh, <laughs> impossible uh, traveling light so uh, so that's really hard um, my site is is sort of focused on the single traveler because that way I can address all of the problems in, in one place but I do have a, a section where I talk about about other situations and of course the obvious one is if you're traveling with a partner be it a, a spouse or just a friend um, a lot of the stuff that that is on my list is stuff that needs to be part of the trip at least at least for my trips um but it but it doesn't mean that everybody has has to carry one so if you think a pair of pliers is going to come in useful a lot which i and i think that it does fix things that, that are broken in hotel rooms that i'm in or whatever um or or uh or a door lock that will work in places where the where the hotel security is less than what I might like. Um, uh, those things are on my list. But if I'm traveling with my wife, for example, um, they don't need. She doesn't need to take them. Now, of course, she has a list too, and and she has that same door lock on her list because it's a really effective tool. But but when she's packing, knowing that we're both going together, only one of us takes the door lock. 
Um, so so it, it, it quite dramatically reduces what the other person needs to take. So a couple traveling together um, can definitely travel with, I mean, you can look at it two ways. If you look at um, the carry-on limit as 10 kilograms, which it is in most, in most airlines and stuff, um, uh, you can say, oh, now we have 20 kilograms because there are two of us and we can take more stuff. Uh, or, as I would recommend, you could say, ah, we have, there are two of us now. Um, we don't each need to take as much stuff. So maybe we can get it down to eight kilograms or, or whatever the number is for, for you. So, um, uh, so yeah, if you're traveling with a partner, you don't need to, each, each person doesn't need to take as much stuff. But if you're traveling with, if you're traveling with um, sort of middle, you know, like teenagers or even older children, like nine or 10 or so, they should be carrying their own stuff. I mean, mom and dad should bring, should bring a lot of it. But, but what better time to teach a child how to travel intelligently than when they're eight or nine years old and traveling and then they they come to understand all that sort of thing um, whereas if you if they don't have to carry that it's all magic and, <laughs> and they'll never learn to travel lightly but if you're traveling with very young children i'm talking about diapers and things then you might want to put off your world traveling for another couple of years because that's very, very hard. <laughs> or unless you're traveling in a car or something where, when it doesn't matter how much stuff you're hauling around. And yeah, you know, I, I do travel with young kids. So I have uh, three kids under five. I got a daughter who's five, a son who's three, and then a, a son who's one. But we still uh, focus on traveling as light as possible because you can get a lot of stuff when you're on the road. You can get diapers, you can get... Uh, uh, nappies and all that stuff on the road. Uh, if they rip their clothes, you buy them new ones. So uh, I definitely traveled lighter when I was a solo backpacker, and obviously when I was just married with my wife. And then now uh, we still attempt to travel light because uh, it's even harder when you have kids because uh, you have to hold their hands. Plus, you gotta um, carry the bags, which is obviously a difficult thing to uh, unless you have more hands than you than you have, right? Exactly. I mean, it's. Um um, it's, well, it's always a good thing. All, all the reasons why we travel light are great for, for, for whether there's one person traveling or a whole family. And, uh, and, and you make a really good point, which, which you'll also find discussed in some detail on onebag.com, which is that, um, unless you're, unless you're really going into the wilderness, unless you're going to, you know, little tiny third world countries that don't have telephones or something, um, you're most of the time we're traveling like in the somewhat modern world, you know, maybe not the, the level of luxury we're used to in first world countries, but still all those people somehow managed to get through the day. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, gee, you know, it turns out you can actually buy deodorant in Scotland. Yet some people feel they have to bring it all with them. So it's just, no, you can, you can get stuff. Ask the first question, if you're stuck somewhere, and and you didn't bring something, uh, and you think, oh my God, I, you know, what am I going to do? The answer to that question is, if I lived here, what would I do? <laughs> and usually that'll tell you what, what you do. So if you do get invited for dinner with a queen, it turns out there are all kinds of places that will rent formal wear. Go rent yourself some formal wear and go have dinner with the queen. You know that solves that problem nicely without you having to worry about it ahead of time. <laughs> 
So, Doug, we've uh, covered a lot in this interview, even though it was uh, short and sweet. Uh, tell us about anything we missed. Uh, you know, you get a lot of questions from uh, your mainstream media, TV, radio, newspaper, from podcasters like myself, from uh, YouTube marketers, uh, bloggers, etc. So, what are the main uh, other stuff that we haven't covered yet? Um, let, let me touch maybe on something that, that we might have mentioned right at the beginning, which is why do, why do we travel lightly? Um, and a lot of people have never thought much about that. I mean, they sort of know in their bones. Um, I mean, the Roman poet Juvenal in, in about uh, the middle of the first century, first, it's, it's our first known writing about a travel writer telling people that the secret to travel happiness is to travel lightly. So it's not as if this is a secret. It's been known about for 2,000 years. And yet if you go to an airport, and look around you, you realize that most people who travel are not traveling anywhere close to lightly. And so you think, what the heck? Is, you know, wh why is this such a secret? Why, is, why doesn't everybody know how to do this and learn how to do it at an early age and do it? And a lot of the reason is, I think, is because people don't quite get why it's such a good idea to travel lightly. They think, oh, there's not as much stuff to haul around. Well, yeah, of course, duh. Um, but there are lots of other reasons, which is um, uh, there's the whole security issue. If you don't ever check anything ever, you don't have to worry about it being stolen. It's always with you. You always have it. You know where it is. You know how to get at it. You're in control of it. So you can completely you know, forget about all that stuff. It's a lot cheaper especially in this day and age when people want to charge you for checking bags and storing bags and carrying bags and all of that kind of stuff. If, if all you have in your travels is one little bag that hangs on your shack or whatever, uh, you don't ever have to pay anybody to check it or store it or move it for you or put it into a vehicle or, or you might find, you'll find, for example, in many cities in Europe, you get, try to get on a bus with your roller bag, they'll say, no, 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 no roller bags on, uh, on uh, these kinds of vehicles. You have to get a taxi or something. So it's, it's, it's a lot cheaper to travel lightly. A big one for me is always mobility because if you if you don't have if you're not being held hostage by an airline say um, because they have a bag somewhere and you don't quite know where it is and you're hoping you'll get it at your end of your journey which by the way you might not um, uh, it means you're more mobile so you can change you can change your mind you can switch airlines if an, if a flight gets delayed you can do something else you can get on a train and go somewhere you, there are all kinds of things you can you can be spontaneous and say why oh, wouldn't it be neat to go there let's go there whereas if everything is all done ahead of time and everything is is checked and, and out of your hand example in exchange for money uh, if if you have a checked bag because uh, they won't do that they'll only do that if you if you don't have a checked bag because otherwise they have to go find your bag somewhere in the middle of the baggage reservation system so it, it just makes you much lighter on the earth in terms of moving around and, and freedom um, the big thing I, I think and the most difficult thing to explain to people is um, uh, because unless you've experienced it, you, you don't really get it. And that is, it's a sort of serenity that comes from 
knowing where everything is, knowing that you haven't forgotten anything, knowing that you're covered for all situations, knowing how to find things, uh, because you've thought about it ahead of time. You know where it is in your bag. Your bag is right at your side, so you know it's there. Uh, and that just is a huge, huge stress reducer when you're traveling a lot. Um, and then there's the ecology argument, which says if you want to leave the earth a better place, then you shouldn't be uh, buying a bunch of crap and paying people to carry it around for you and, and you know, supporting gasoline purchases to move all your objects and stuff. <laughs> there are lots of good reasons why you should travel lightly, and, and that's why it's been the, the key travel secret for, for 2,000 years that we know of. <laughs> well, it's no longer a secret. Uh, thanks to uh, yourself and our podcast, and, you know, thanks for sharing all your wisdom and uh, uh, insights into packing light. So, Doug, uh, what's next for you? I mean, you've built up the successful uh, onebag.com website, you know, with millions of uh, viewers. Uh, you have all this media attention. So, uh, you know, share a little bit of a personal uh, anecdote of what's happening with you next in terms of your travels and in terms of your business and in terms of the website. Well, I retired uh, almost five years ago. Um, and when we were living in San Francisco at the time, and when it came time to say, okay, let's, let's become officially retired, we, we looked around at all the various places we'd lived in our lives, um, and that includes several countries and cities and, and lots of different interesting places. Um, we decided that, that the west coast of Canada was really our favorite place. We had lived in, in uh, uh, near Vancouver um, for about 10 years, back in the 1970s and we decided that that was our favorite time in terms of being in a really great place so we moved back here we live on the sunshine coast now which is even sunnier and less rain than vancouver has although it's only a 40 minute trip to get to vancouver um and uh, uh we still travel a lot one of the one of the big advantages of being a of being a million mile traveler and all of that sort of thing is you have permanent status with the with the airlines and so uh, so 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 that's a nice perk that helps make it easier to travel uh, I'm leaving tomorrow for a week in Florida uh, I will be back uh, for about four days then I'm going to the UK for a couple of weeks and then back again for most of the summer because the summer here is just just fabulous um, but uh, yeah well both of us both of us my wife and I still travel a great deal not not for business anymore just for pleasure um, and for family reasons because we have family scattered all over the place so um, so that's that's pretty much it I'm enjoying my retirement one bag which has never been a commercial thing um, uh, still it still keeps me interested to the point where I keep it updated and, and keep everything It does take a fair bit of maintenance to keep everything from not not breaking, <laughs> but uh, uh, but I still do that, and uh, and I still respond to to requests for interviews and stuff like this. So uh, so uh, I will do that as long as as long as I'm able, and as long as I as long as I'm getting the readership that I am, which clearly means that people are interested in learning about how to do this stuff. So that's pretty much it. Absolutely, and you mentioned, you know, at the airports, I see this all the time, uh, based on the airports I visit, the train stations, the bus stations, the ferry terminals, people travel too heavy, and they need to travel light, so good on you for what you're doing. If people want to connect with you, ask you more questions, any follow-ups, how can they do that? Uh, just go to the website, onebag.com, um, 
and there's a there's a, a page on that website that you, they can send send questions to me or whatever. So. Awesome. So thanks for your time today. Enjoy your travels, and uh, thanks for sharing all these insights. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to whenever someone asks me about traveling light, I'm going to definitely share this interview with them. Great. So uh, thanks everyone for tuning in to Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to travel the world and also how to travel light. Uh, thanks uh, to Doug. Uh, make sure you check out his website, onebag.com. I'll repeat, onebag.com. Uh, great wealth of info from 20 years of experience and expertise in the packing light industry. Uh, so thanks everyone. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, and follow us on social media. We'll catch you on the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, and happy travels, everybody.